you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and Jay Mack on tap to help us, <clears throat> sorry, help us navigate the show. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Um, just a quick programming note. Our offices will be closed tomorrow and uh, in observance of Good Friday. And so we will be taking that day and which I'll explain the relevance of this announcement. Um because of what we're going to talk about today, we will be taking that time tomorrow to uh, do a special kind of sit down with our kids and talking about the importance of the resurrection, why the resurrection is important to what we believe and um, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and why that's important. And so what we're going to do on the program today is kind of just walk through a conversation. So often what we do on this program is talk about just the reality of living a faithful life. Like mm-hmm. not, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be, you know, I feel like sometimes, and it's great. Like we, we do, we want to learn from our Bible scholars and we want to learn from those who um, just immerse themselves in specific topics and can present yeah. on those topics freely. They are of such great value and worth in the body of Christ. But one of the things that we find ourselves increasingly trying to challenge parents and grandparents to do is to just live faithfully with your children and grandchildren. Like yes. just live the faith, live yes. what you know, what you've received, pass on. And you can do some research, you know, regarding yeah. a topic that you're going to talk about. Um, I do that. But you can also like faithfully read the scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit of God to bring scriptures back to your mind Amen. as you talk to your kids and grandkids so that you show them that your faith is truly a living faith. Amen. That you, it's, it's not just, I'm getting ready for the big presentation. It is, no, this is what I live. This is what I believe. These are the scriptures that are hidden in my heart so that I don't sin against the Lord, so that when I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit can call those, those scriptures back right. up. And uh, and so we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about that. We also want to make some announcements today and then remind you if you've been listening to the show, the program for at least a full year, um, you will have heard this. But we'll just for the sake of some of our new listeners, remind you of what we talked about last year around this time. And our kids will remember this. So what we will do is kind of toggle back to. So you remember last year around this time. We talked about the passion of the Christ or the suffering of the Christ, and we looked at um, the chronological days, the the week, the passion week leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. And so we want to do that for you, just have a conversation that is as natural as breathing, right, for the believer, mm-hmm. but also you you put a little bit of effort into it. And, and why why are we doing this? Because these are the ways that we culture-proof our children. These are the ways that we fortify them, that we make them impervious to the culture. We have conversations with them where they not only learn, but they feel encouraged and strengthened by the information that they're learning, that they Mm. don't have a ridiculous faith. 
Mm. that they have an evidential faith, that they have a faith that can be tested, that can be held up to scrutiny. Um, there are eyewitnesses for the faith that they proclaim. And, and this is so powerful, I think, for, um, for our kids to be able to understand. So we'll have a little bit of that conversation in your hearing um, for the sake of those who, who, who might benefit from that conversation. But before we do that, Will the Great, there's several things happening over here at the yeah. American Family Association. Yeah, well, first, I want to just uh, say something to what you were talking about earlier. Oh, sure. In in the sense of um, parents, uh, we have a responsibility to be able to uh, talk to our children, and it's normal, you know, about the faith. And looking at that, um, we've talked about this multiple times on the show, how mm-hmm. in the scriptures, that's how God planned it. Yeah, that the that's first right. stop of the gospel or, you know, the goodness of God and, and um, him being known was in the home. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, they were they were to talk about God's law pretty much all throughout the day, you know. So God equipped the families, the the, the, the father and the mother, to be able to hand down the commandments of God uh, to the children. Mm-hmm. And it's the same today. A lot of times, yes, praise God for the, the, the ones who have studied certain things and we can glean from that and, you know, uh, the, the professors and the, the ones who write the books and all these things. Praise God for that gift to the body, but we can't sleep on the fact that God has made it uh, uh, evident through the family structure of how his goodness, how his laws and his commands and everything like that is supposed to be passed down. And so Amen. hopefully that's an encouragement to to parents that God has given you everything that you need to be able to equip your children in the things of God. And yeah. it should be natural to us because uh, this is our life and it's something that we uh, uh, live each and every day if we, mm. in fact, live it. And I, and I just want to highlight that because That's I good. think a lot of times we can lean so much on the experts or yes, the people, yes. even in the body, who are gifts to the body, mm-hmm. teachers and preachers and different ones. You know, we can have our favorite ministers on, on uh-huh. television and things That's like right. that. When yeah. God has given uh, the parents the ability to to reach the children with what we have been given mm-hmm. and through the context of family this is who God is, and this is yeah. what he has done in our lives. And so I just wanted to kind of highlight that. But um, as far as the announcements. That's really good. Well, praise God. As far, as far as the announcements, uh, we have the Marriage Family Life Conference uh, happening in uh, July, uh, 6 through 8. Uh, registration is still open for that. Uh, it will be coming to a close soon, but you can still register. You can still register, and I, I hope that you you do um, and it's going to be a great time. This is the fifth year that we've uh, done the conference. And, man, the Lord has blessed each and every year. Uh, the speakers who, who, who are, are speaking, uh, man, it's going to be a phenomenal time. We're going to kick things off with a, 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 a speaker. One of the speakers is going to speak, uh, Stephen Black, that Thursday night. But then we're going to have a panel uh, discussion about uh, sexual identity and some of the things that are really uh, going on right now that we talk about on this show all the time, you know. And so it's just going to be a good time uh, just for everyone, for the whole family. Make sure uh, you bring your children. We have the Youth Apologetics track. We have that set up for ages 4 to 17, and we really uh, desire for this to be a family event, and it has been in the past. So go to marriagefamilylife.net uh, for the, the, for information on that. Click the Events tab, and you can see the Marriage Family Life Conference. You click on that, and you can register. But then also in October, we have AFA at the Ark. And so that's another opportunity where uh, we try to get families together. And just to, to go on this, this, this tour, um, to be with us, uh, to tour the Ark in Kentucky. If you mm-hmm. haven't been, 
you need to go. And I think it'd be great to go with us. We want to invite you to come with us. The Addisons, uh, Wesley Wildman and Walker Wildman will be there as well with their families. And so it's just to be a great time. If you go to marriagefamilylife.net, click on the events tab, you can get more information about AFA at the Ark as well. And so uh, these are two events, man, I, I just pray will be blessings for the family and just a way that you can continue to uh, to resource your family with, you know, biblical uh, resources. So I um, want to start by just kind of taking a look back a year ago and I'm mm-hmm. flipping in my in my Bible here. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to say something just kind of um, to to tack on to the point that you're making that I think is such a great point. And I think so often gets overlooked by us is that um, the Lord by his spirit and mm. the Lord and all of the instruction that we have in scripture sees us as qualified to make him known to our children. Like Amen. he, he Amen. which is very encouraging, right? It's like um, it's almost sort of like the team, uh, the team mate or the, the player who the coach says, you know, you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, and the and yeah. the player is like, but I I don't know, I don't know. And the, and the coach is like, go, you're in. <laughs> There's something that is said or communicated to that player that, look, go, you can do this, right? And so I, I feel like it's very encouraging to us as parents for the Lord to say, you're in. Mm. Tell them about me. Tell yeah. them who I am. And to know that um, that that's not only, it's not an empty expectation. Right Now, how it can feel like... <laughs> It can feel like an empty expectation if we are not steeped in God's word, if we are not being built up in our most holy faith ourselves, then I think it can feel very daunting. And I think one of the fears that we have as parents, and and we'll agree, I don't know if this is one of the fears that you have. You can talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know for me, um, as as a teacher, one of the fears I have when talking to our children is that they're going to ask me something I don't know. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. they're going to have a really pressing question. And because what happens to me, I don't know if this happens to some of our listeners, but what happens to me, especially if you've got a kid that is of the JD caliber, okay, <laughs> yeah. who <laughs> wants to know everything about everything mm-hmm. and is sort of almost scrutinizing your answer to see if, it's like you're in the arena and he will give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You know what I mean? Like either you get to live that day or (laughs) you crash and burn and it's like, Nope, I don't believe you. You know what I mean? Like you don't. And and so I have found over the years, and by the way, his, his questions are genuine. I had to learn that. Mm -hmm. And so what I, I spent a lot of time um, feeling like pretty defensive because I thought he was just like attacking me. Mm. But then I realized that that's just naturally the way he learns. Like he just asks questions of what he's reading. He asks questions of a speaker. He asks questions of his mom when she's <laughs> te- teaching them. And I saw it as combative. But then I remembered or I, I realized that this is just the way that the Lord has designed him. Mm-hmm. And this is for God's glory. And so there are times where I have to say, you know, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that question. Let me research that mm-hmm. and, and let me get back to you on that. But there are times, and this is the confidence that we have in the Lord. There are times that he will ask me questions about the faith or mm. about seeming contradictions in the scriptures. Mm. And those are big ones, right? The seeming contradictions like, well, it says here that, you know, say, for example, you're talking about the resurrection. And um, I was sending this to Will the Great earlier. So like, for example, I'm just using it, throw this out as an example. So it says here that Jesus says that he's going to be just like Jonah 
in the earth. Okay, he's going to be three days and three nights. Mm. But if he is crucified on a Friday mm-hmm. and then he rises again on a Sunday, we don't actually have three literal days. <laughs> so is the Bible misleading us or is there is there is there an inconsistency there? Now, if as a parent, you're just like, bah, 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 duh, duh. <laughs> and, and the temptation is to say, no, the Bible said it. So it's just true. <laughs> what I would say in a situation like that, if I didn't already know, if I had not already asked that question myself, which, by the way, can I say something again? Mm-hmm. As parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anybody who's like teaching young people, right? Yeah. When you read the Bible and you have a question of something you read. You are best served if you don't ignore your own question. Mm, I think far too often as adults, especially if you've grown up in church like we have, you feel like to ask those questions, it's like, okay, well, maybe I don't believe. And and you're thinking maybe there's (laughs) doubt in your heart. Can I just encourage you? God can handle your questions and like your confusion. Like when you're like, I don't understand. So when I'm reading the text and I come across something that I myself don't understand, I take that to the Lord Jesus. Yes. And I, and I, you know, I'm not saying that this is instructive. This is how it has to be. But just for me, this is just Miki, okay? So I'll begin my questions with, like, Lord, I totally trust you. I totally believe in the accuracy and the consistency of your word, the mm-hmm. reliability of your word. I'm reading here that you're saying this. And then I read elsewhere this. I'm having a hard time reconciling that. Will you help me? That is so simple, right? Mm-hmm. That is so simple. And then what usually happens is I will, I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's just amazing how the Lord is the one who self-discloses. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I mean when I say that? He reveals himself to us. We would not know anything about God unless he chose to That's reveal right. it. So we serve the God who wants to be known, right? So he wants us to know him and he wants us to want to know him more. And, and so this is my confidence. Whenever I pray, my confidence is, God, you want to be known, so I know God is not playing with us, catch me if you can, or seek me if you will. Like, it's it's come. I want you to know me, right? Yeah. So inevitably what happens is I will pray these prayers, and then I will hear a conversation. Someone, it's, it's quote-unquote random, okay? Somebody talking about something that I had a question about. Or I'll stumble across a video that is answering a question that I had. Or I will be reading in a book, and somebody will reference something, and I'm like, That was my question. And so I see those as opportunities that the Lord takes because he loves me to respond to me and to answer my question. So getting back to my point, when you yourself have questions as you read God's word, don't skip over those questions. Ask the Lord those questions, research and dig deep, because in so doing, you ready yourself for the questions that someone else may ask of the same text. And then now you're a tool in the hands of the Lord. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Stay close.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We do appreciate you allowing us to spend this time with you, hopefully, and uh, to be some sort of encouragement to you. Um, a good challenge. I don't mean provocative in a bad way, but to provoke you toward godliness and holding the line until the Lord returns. We are pressed in on all sides, but the Lord Jesus uh, has already gone before us. And so um, we can continue to stand awaiting his return. Like we don't have Amen. to 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 believe that we suffer in vain or that we are ostracized and that it goes unnoticed by the Lord. So anyway, welcome back. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. No, CC Winans with Worthy of It All. So last uh, last year around this time, we talked to our kids about the passion of the Christ. And so if your kids are like our kids, uh, one of the big questions they they had was passion. Like, why is it why is it called the passion of the Christ? Why is it called passion passion week? So this comes from the Greek word that I cannot say because it's got a in it and I, I don't speak Greek very well, um, but it's passion. Okay, that <laughs> sounds like a cat dying. That's not really, <laughs> that's not, or swallowing a hairball. That's Ugh. just way too big. Um, that's not, but it means to suffer, right? So mm. when you look at the biblical uses of it in the New Testament, it means to suffer. You find it in Luke chapter 22, verse 15. I'm going to just read a couple of these to you. And I want to explain to you also why I'm going through these like this, uh, because we will r- routinely uh, kind of have people reach out to us and say, what have, what have you done on this or what are you doing on this? And so this show is also a podcast. So the scriptural references, you can go back and pause it and write it down. And, and then maybe you can use it as a framework for your presentation or for your, you know, communication with your kids Mm -hmm. or with your grandkids, because there's just the one word of God, right? So you can refer to these references. Um, I don't know if that's redundant. Refer to the reference. <laughs> you use your own words. I'm just going to give you the Bible verses, okay? But uh, in Luke chapter 22, verse uh, verse 15 here, um, this is as the Lord is um, participating, preparing for Passover, and he's talking to the disciples. Um, I'm going to start at verse 14. It says, uh, when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And that word suffer is that posh word. It is the Greek word for passion. It's why we describe the suffering of the Lord as the passion of the Christ. And so last year we talked about that. And I'm going to share with you a few references. It's also used in Acts chapter one, verse three. And chapter three, verse 18. And you can go and look that up. This is uh, Luke writing his second letter to Theophilus. And he's describing that after Jesus had suffered, that he was raised again. And that's important to the conversation that we're going to have today. So I tell you what, let me just I'm going to flip to it real quick here, because I think that's it's important for us to cross reference. Our kids know that that's one of my favorite terms, cross reference <laughs> in Scripture. I, I, I just love the way that the Lord weaves together, yes. I say weaves together, but you know what I mean? Like he, he, he leaves you, you, you got to really mm-hmm. want to doubt. It's woven. It's woven it's together. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. It's woven together. So in Acts chapter one, um, I'm going to start at verse one. The first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach began is such a powerful word there, right? <laughs> Until the day he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen Verse three, to these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering. This is the passion that the Lord Jesus experienced here 
Um, to these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, mm. appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And it's so important for our kids to understand and to recognize that the Lord Jesus rose bodily, that it was not some, you know, um, just there was a there was a spiritual mist that came. No, right. that the Lord Jesus rose bodily. And I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead here. But, you know, for him to be able to say to Thomas, come and touch mm-hmm. my body, come and touch my scars mm-hmm. to, to see that that I'm, I'm real, um, yeah. I think is so powerful for our kids understanding. You'll, you'll also know that when we talk to our kids about the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, it has huge bearing on Jesus as our forerunner. Right. And that he becomes like us in all of these ways and in, in, in coming and in, in putting on flesh. And being able to be the propitiation for our sin, to be able to die in our place, like a literal, actual death. It's not a metaphor that he suffers and dies. And, you know, and if we can just go through our temporal suffering and temporal like displays of death and then and so many people want to make this sort of like a um, an airbrushed sort of, you know, just it wasn't real. No, it was right. absolutely real. And indeed, it has to be absolutely real right. because we are absolutely real people who absolutely <laughs> face judgment that Jesus Christ himself took on for us. Mm. And and my goodness. Was poured out on him, the wrath of God mm. in our place. I mean, it's just powerful to think Amen. about. So so last year we looked at uh, the suffering of the Christ um, and we looked at the days leading up to the resurrection of our Lord. So a week ago, almost a week ago, last Sunday would have been Palm Sunday. And this is where Jesus, the triumphal entry, mm. as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And there's several references. You can cross-reference these with your kids and grandkids. I'm going to give them here rather qu- quickly. I'm not going to read all of them. But again, I've already kind of alluded to why I'm doing it this way. Because when you go back and you listen to the podcast, you can stop it and write down the references yourself And you can read them and use this for your presentation. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. This is looking at what happened. This is a Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 19, um, verses 28 through 44. And then John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. So that's on Sunday. Then on Monday, you have the clearing of the temple. And and I want to say something, too, that I think is really interesting. When you cross-reference this in Scripture, I want to say, I think I'm accurate on this, that there are only two day-by-day kind of descriptions that are laid out in the Bible like this, where you have uh, sort of a record of what happens every day. When we read in Scripture, we often think that, Um, some accounts that occur in a particular chapter that that's you're looking at every day. Mm. Well, sometimes you can have one chapter and you're looking at several weeks that have transpired or several, you know, days that have transpired or in that particular chapter. But when you look at the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's amazing that the Lord has given us a daily record of what he was doing leading up to his, his crucifixion. And, and then, um, of course, we have the account of his bodily resurrection. Mm. It's just powerful to think about. Uh, and, and I say that to say it must be significant that we have a record of this. So then on Monday, you've got the clearing of the temple. And uh, this is written for us in Matthew's gospel, chapter 21, verses 10 through 19. Mark, chapter 11, verses 12 through 18. Luke, chapter 19, verses 45 through 48. And John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Then on Tuesday, you've got Jesus teaching in the temple, 
Jesus is teaching in the temple on Tuesday. This is in Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through verse uh, chapter 24, verse 51. Then you've got Mark chapter 11, verses uh, 27 through chapter 13, verse 37. And then Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. Uh, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 20, verse 1 through chapter 21, verse 36. Sorry if that's a little bit muddy, but some of these um, passages cross into the other chapter. So that's what I'm trying to make clear there. Mm -hmm. Then on Wednesday, you've got the Lord Jesus resting in Bethany. On Wednesday, the Lord resting in Bethany. And this is written for us in Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 16, and Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. Then on Thursday, where we are today, on Thursday, you've got the Last Supper and uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, written for us in Matthew chapter 26, verses uh, 17 through 30. Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 26. Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 23. John 13, verses 1 through 30. And again, I'm going through the references very quickly. I know that there are some people who are thinking, I'm not going to be able to get all of that. I will just remind you, there's a podcast for the program. So -hmm. you can go back and you can listen at your own leisure and, and get to a table and write down these references and check them out. You can, you can like, I don't mean to turn it into a verb here, but you can Berean this That's right. <laughs> and, and go, go check out these references, cross-reference them, compare the details that are included. Why do I say that? Because when you have the synoptic gospels, one of the things that I found that is so powerful is to, to read and compare the information that's there because you may read one of the gospel accounts and you may come across something that you think, well, that doesn't, I don't, that doesn't make sense. And then you read another, you cross-reference it, mm-hmm. you read another gospel account, and you say, oh, that's why Matthew mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. because here's a detail that is included in right. Luke's account. Right. And it's just beautiful. And, and when you can experience that with your kids and show them and cross-reference, I really believe that it fortifies their faith and it encourages them that, again, they have a real faith. So on Good Friday, Good Friday, you have the trial and the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that's found in Matthew 27, verses 1 through 56, Mark chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 41, Luke chapter 22, um, verses 66 through chapter 23, verse 50, and then John chapter 18, verses 28 through chapter 19, verse 37. And then on Saturday, you have the account of Jesus in the tomb. This is Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through 66. Mark 15, verses 42 through 47. Luke 23, verses 50 through 56. And then John 19, verses 38 through 42. And then on Sunday, the beginning of the week, you have the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is in Matthew 28, 1 through 13. Mark 16, 1 through 20. Luke 24, verses 1 through 49. And John chapter 20, verses 1 through 31. Now, I'm aware, and I'll just do this for the sake of uh, some of our listeners today who may have this conversation about the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, with their kids or grandkids or whomever, uh, that there are people who have used the scriptures and um, found an inconsistency in the the burial or the death and the burial of Jesus Christ in the, the number of days, quote unquote, that, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say quote unquote, but I, I do want to recognize that 
the Jewish day or the, the definition of a day um, according to uh, Jewish culture is different from how we would see a day. Right. And understanding that I think is very important and it's very helpful to our kids. So, and, and also understanding um, idiomatic language, right? So like there are terms, there are things that we say um, that in America, we understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So if a person says, man, I've been working all day. They don't mean usually that they've been working 24 hours right. nonstop. But we understand that to mean that that all that day for however many hours that was for them that they've been working. So when Jesus Christ is buried, when he's buried on the on on the evening or the afternoon on Friday, that's one day. And then he is buried all day Saturday into the next evening and then rises early on Sunday morning. And so that is the third day. And so he Mm -hmm. he raises again or rises again on the third day, just as he said he would. And so I think it's important for us to understand that, because I think that there would be people in the scriptures who are going to be looking for where the 72 hours (laughs) where the 72 hours. And so Jesus said that he would rise again on the third day. All of the apostles understood this. When the women go to the tomb early on the third day, he is not there. <laughs> and, and they are asked point blank, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Mm. Like, why, why are you here? He is risen. He is not here. And so on that third day, he has he has already risen. And um, the women are, of course, beside themselves and they, they run back and take the message. So. So this is this is, I think, important in communicating to our kids. But let's talk about the the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, Will the Great, I just mm-hmm. want to throw this out to you. Yes. When you think about the importance of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, what are some of the things that immediately come to your mind that would be vital for us to understand? Well, him being our chief um, high priest, like he, yeah. him being a high priest in the scripture in, in Hebrews come to mind. I think it's Hebrews 4, where it talks about him being him going through everything that we've gone through yet without sin. And so ev- that means even bodily, even things that mm-hmm. would be temptation for us in in that form, you know, but yet without sin. And and that qualifies him. He's God, but he was one, 100% human as well uh, to be that great high priest. And now we can go to him for grace and mercy in our time of need. And mm-hmm. so it's important that we recognize that it wasn't, like you said, a, a spiritual resurrection it was no it was a, it was bodily like he rose again um and that that was a body and like you you pointed out thomas you know who doubted yeah, he yeah. said come over here and, and put your hands in my wounds you know like yeah. come and see you know um and, and so that that is of the utmost importance because you will have people that would say no it wasn't literal you know it was just man. his spirit you know but man that if if that was the case then what does that say for what we are expecting, you know, yeah. one day? And what yeah. the scriptures say about what's going to happen with us as well. That's exactly It's in the right. same way that he was re- resurrected, we will be as well. Amen. And and I think also just to the point that you're making about um, all of the other literal necessities surrounding mm-hmm. the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, it, and it goes back even further to him being sufficient to be our sacrifice to stand in our place right that he had to become like us he had to become Mm -hmm. like us and so if we can negotiate away his bodily resurrection then we can also negotiate away him being both fully god and fully man right and him being able to be um the sufficient propitiation 
uh, for our sin. And so when we come back on the other side of the break, I would like to go to the book of Hebrews chapter two and look at what I think kind of all goes into the category of understanding um, what is literal and what is actual, including mm. the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Aaron, the Addison's on American Family Radio. Stay right there. the right hand of the father interceding for us i mean it is so powerful yes the victory belongs to jesus and because we are in him we share in that victory that that is it is you know my goodness a lot of times people like to talk about what's fair you know what i mean like they like to talk about what what is and and what isn't fair but i i you know i will i praise god for his mercy and for his justice i praise god for his righteousness because it is not fair, as we would say or describe, that one who knew no sin became sin for us. Mm. I mean, there's there's no fairness in that. There is only God's justice and there is only God's mercy displayed that in the Lord Jesus Christ, his full submission, his obedience to the Father and his his willingness and his sufficiency that he could be the propitiation for our sin it's so important for us to understand. It's important for us to drive that home and to regularly understand that um, with our kids, for our kids. Uh, I, I know that there are a lot of different ways that people will celebrate the resurrection this weekend. I, I try not to be one of those people. You know what I mean? I'm not mm. coming for people's Easter baskets and things like that. I, but I, I will say this. There's a reason that the the way we see what is called Easter in this country is so celebrated and commercialized is because it's not offensive. Mm. So there's a reason that, you know, big stores will advertise Easter shoes and Easter dresses and Easter eggs and baskets and all of those things. There's a reason for that because the teeth have been taken out of that. Mm. There, there, there's no offense to that. But when you start talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you start talking about the one who has already judged sin in the world, right? Being the sufficient sacrifice for those who um, will believe in him and put their hope in their trust in him, that they will be saved. You're not going to have that as a cold sale. <laughs> come, come and get your resurrection dress. Like nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to get a resurrection outfit. You know what I mean? But Easter outfits all day, twice on Sundays. Um, and, and so what I, what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is, you know, we live in this world, but we should not allow ourselves to be subjected to its methods and modes and, and all of that, you know, like the commercialization of of 
the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I am not trying to bind your conscience. I am just saying, let's make much of what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. So that's it. Um, I don't know if I already said welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. I probably didn't. So welcome back. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was Todd Delaney. Uh, Vict- Victory. I'm sorry. Victory belongs to Jesus. Tongue so tongue. he... that. You think I'm judging you? <laughs> do, you, you do you really think I, I am judging you? There are no. so many times. Um, <laughs> not at all. Okay. So uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verses uh, 14 through 18. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, mm. that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and mm. might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives for assuredly he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham or the descendant, the descendant of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in Mm. all things. Guys this is so important. So important for our kids to understand this, that they have a merciful high priest that when they sin, when they fall short, When the enemy comes to beat them up, and by the way, living in this culture, the enemy has come to beat them up, Mm. that they have a merciful high priest who is who has been made like them, that he might be the sufficient sacrifice for them and might intercede for them. Amen. Verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted and that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Mm. And so I think it's important, like when we start talking about trying to make it some sort of uh, metaphor that Jesus rose again, right? Then what else might we make a metaphor out of when the Bible is very clear that he became like us, that we only have hope in the fact that he is risen. In fact, the, the apostle Paul said that if Jesus is not risen, then man, we're still dead in our sins. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if Jesus is not risen <laughs> there's no hope from us. the, there's no hope <laughs> for us. In fact, we are to be pitied. Mm. And so it's, you know, <laughs> when you, when you think about it in those terms, you think, man, and I, there's another scripture that I think is important in this conversation. It is the apostle Paul, as he's making his defense before King Agrippa. And again, he's talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and how vital this is to our understanding. It's not just a, um, it's not just a yearly special outfit. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And and I, you know, I want to be careful here, but I, at the same time, I want to be absolutely convinced about what I believe. Amen. Right. So it's, it's not just a, you know, get some fresh shoes. Mm-hmm. type thing that Jesus Christ is risen, that he is alive and that he is doing what he promised to do, that he did what he promised to do and is doing <laughs> what he promised to do is so important for our children and for us as adults as well to understand that and not take um, the heaviness or the weightiness out of the resurrection, even as we celebrate this weekend. So here is the apostle Paul before uh, King Agrippa, this is in Acts chapter 26, verse 23. And he's already gone through how he encountered the Lord on the road to Damascus and how the Lord uh, confronted him about what he was doing. And I'm going to start at verse 21. He says, for this reason, 
Some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place. Mm. Now, that's that's incredible to note, right, because of what he's going to say immediately after this. And here's verse 23, that the Christ was to suffer. There's that Greek word again, that the Christ was to suffer and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. So the Apostle Paul roots his teaching in prophecy, also being confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ, coming face to face with the one he's opposing. Mm. But then not just stopping at his experience, if you will, right, but rooting that experience and taking it back to the fulfillment of of prophecy, saying that this is that which was prophesied, that Jesus Christ would come, that Jesus Christ would suffer and that he would rise again from the dead. This is so important. I I, I feel like a broken record here. (laughs) But if we if we're going to celebrate the resurrection this weekend and we're not going to make much of Christ being risen if if our you <laughs> know if on, our Sunday on. meal <laughs> takes greater precedent over the fact that Jesus Christ is risen you know what mm. I mean like people are like I got to get my roast right <laughs> and I'm like but if the resurrection ain't right if you're if you're not <laughs> talking about that then you're probably missing it and I think this is why our kids are so disconnected from our faith because we say that we've got this like you know potent powerful faith but we live just like everybody else like if your kids and grandkids are looking at you And you're saying that, well, Easter, you say, Easter is important. And then they're like, why? You say, well, Jesus is risen. Well, why? Why did he rise again? Why is that important? Why is that a bigger deal? Why are we having a better meal this Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm thinking back, you know, on a lot of our traditions. Okay. You're going to have a, you're going to have a better meal this (laughs) Sunday because it's Easter Sunday. And I think the legitimate question from all participants after where's the gravy, the legitimate question <laughs> is why, why are we having a bigger meal? Why is there a greater celebration mm, on this day? Good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so often we we're not ready for that. Right. We, we're, we're not, um, we're not at the place where we can show up with that answer. What would it look mm. like this Sunday? If, as you sit down to cut into that roast, that was in the oven for a few hours, low and slow, right? What if, what if before that you said, hold up? Now, yes, <laughs> you might upset some people, okay? But what if, you, what if you had just a little devotional about the fact that Jesus Christ is risen and why we're doing what we're, why are we celebrating this day differently from the other days? Like, why does this matter? It, it kind of solidifies our kids' faith in a way that I think is real and that I think is practical, What causes a great disconnect Mm. between what we say and what our kids experience is that we say things are important, but we live in front of them that the things are not important. You know, the thing is, this is a perfect gauge for the Christian to to see how this culture has infringed upon, you know, uh, even our holy days or holidays. Yes, yes. Because because of what you're saying. And, you know, I think about it, and I've said this before, Resurrection Day should be amongst Christians, Christians the most celebrated <laughs> of the year when you Come think on. about what that entails. Yes. You know, even Pentecost, you know, the Holy yes, Spirit coming amen. to the church, that should be amen. celebrated. But a lot yeah. of times you don't even hear anything about that, you know. Man, I, but I, I think it kind of shows where we have given in to what 
the culture feels is, you know, to be celebrated mm. or important or, you know, the, the, the monetary aspects where it has been commercialized, you know, wow. and we forget about what it really means. That's so interesting, the point you're making there. I, I, I just kind of want to stay here for a second because I, I feel like what you're saying is that a secular culture is routinely telling Christians mm-hmm. how to celebrate Jesus. Yes. Is routinely telling us what's important and how Christian, if you will, that holiday can be. Right. And so as long as that holiday can be separated from the absolute truth of it, mm. right? As long yep. as it can be separated from that, then it gets to pass in the culture. Yeah. It gets so for example, we can celebrate the birth of Jesus, like mm-hmm. we can celebrate Christmas as long as we can detach the reality of why Jesus came. Come on. Right. From the celebration of that holiday. So like as long as as our secular world can um, monetize it. Mm -hmm. Right. If it it can become commercial and cleaned up just enough. And this is I I know that there are people who say, why do you guys care so much that people no longer say Merry Christmas? Because it was like it was sort of like the last vestige of of that it. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like it was like the last like kind of glimmer of like, oh, and yes, it's about Christ. And and I think the removal of Christmas and, and you see this in so many different mm-hmm. ways is an attempt to make it less offensive. Hmm. So even even the birth of Christ, we have found ways to celebrate without it being offensive. And and also the death, burial and mm-hmm. resurrection of Christ. We have found ways to celebrate it. Without it being offensive, mm. we call it Easter. We introduce bunnies and chickens <laughs> and chocolate, <laughs> and everybody loves it, right? And so, so we don't have to talk about the suffering of Christ. We don't have to talk about mm. those days leading up to mm. Him going to the cross and what mm. He was going to do for yeah. us. We don't. We don't have to talk about Him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. We don't have to talk about the disciples and all of those. We we can just ignore those things. Because the culture has already written a script for us and told us, hey, hey, so so when you guys come out, you know, among us, here's how you people can talk about Easter. And you're like, no, the resurrection week, week, Easter. And that's a reason why even in this country, Christmas is so much bigger than, quote unquote, Easter. You know, it's because it has been able to be monetized greater. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. Whole, you know, and so we've kind of flowed into that as well as Christians. And like, no, uh-uh, really? Resurrection Day? Mm. Man, and the Passover and, you know, Pentecost, all those things. Come on. When you understand what the types and shadows, I'm talking about Pentecost. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Pentecost and Passover, what it was really saying, you know, even in the Old Testament. And then you have Resurrection Day. It all comes together. It's like, man, those things should be really high on the Christians list, you know. I, and and I but, will say this. Now is the time. Now is the time as our culture has secularized to the point of almost being, you know, there's no distinction really among those who call themselves Christians and, and, and those who would just be true Bible believing Christians. There's there's almost like you, you look at it and you say, well, everybody's just using the term. So we've got to find a way to make ourselves distinct now. Right. Because everybody's claiming to be a Christian. And one of the ways looking at this weekend is that, man, we're not given into the commercialization of Easter. Like we're OK. We're done with that. There was a time that you could you could safely say 
most people understood what they were celebrating. Now, I think it's safe to say most people don't. And so what we've got to do, we say this often, use a few extra words to make sure people Mm. understand the significance and the impact of the fact that Jesus Christ is risen. First Peter chapter one, verse three says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ Mm. from the dead. This is not optional in our theology. Like you don't get to decide if you want to like pay attention to that. You have to. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We're out of time until Monday. Lord willing. God bless.